Hello everybody and welcome to episode 156 of What a Beautiful Podcast. I'm your host, Jack. And I am, as always, your other host, Andy. And welcome back to What a Beautiful Podcast. Last week was a bit of a doozy. Did you think so, Jack? I couldn't talk for a bit. Or rather, <laughs> I didn't want to. <laughs> I was like, got all my talking done yesterday. I, I don't. It's like when you eat a really big meal and you don't want to eat for a while. It mm-hmm. was like that. Yeah, so, you know, if you listened in, you know that last week we wrapped up Stone Ocean in a big way, and it was a whole lot. So An extravaganza. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So me and Jack figured this week we'll do what we usually do after we finish apart and just have a laid-back episode where we kind of break it down for ourselves, because yeah. we got a lot of thoughts on Part 6, probably maybe, honestly, more thoughts uh, positive and negative than we usually have for a JoJo part because part six is so all over the place and divisive. Weird. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a whole thing. Go ahead. It's a lot more. All right, do you just want to like straight get into it? Let's start with like overview of yeah. Like well, we I, I think we can like go over the whole thing, like just give our general thoughts, and then we can kind of break it down by like yeah. big chunks and talk about yeah, how we felt arcs segments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so going into part six, part six is the one that I've read the least. Um, I think I've only read it the once back when it was black and white scans when I was first did my main read through of all of JoJo, and it sticks out a lot because you have the big change in setting. You don't have a kind of journey like the prison is. Uh, for whatever Rocky did with it, it is unique. Uh, in all of JoJo, like it, it stays in one place, like Part Four, but the way the prison works kind of uh, really colors the whole part. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, but I maintain that Part Six has a very strong beginning. A, I'm, I'm gonna use a word you're gonna hate, Andy. A pretty flaccid middle. Oh, and why? Why did you have to use that word? There's so many words, Jack. It There's... came to me, and it was going to poison my brain until I, like, threw it out. <laughs> Sorry, listeners. Um, and a transcendent end that ramps up... Like, the end basically starts... Like, let's let's take a look at the, uh, the arc list. Like, the end starts, like, right after... Right with Heavy Weather Part 1. Like, mm-hmm. and I would, ar- and you could argue, like, with Bohemian Rhapsody too. Like, once Bohemian Rhapsody started, that is such an upward climb in quality. Um, like, if you just pluck out Sky High, <laughs> like, <laughs> kind of just excise it, um, that ends in a way that few other manga have ended. And the fact that people still talk about, like, was was this good or not, which is missing the point. It's like, it had something to say, it was incredibly bold, and there's not a whole lot else like it, and I think what it accomplished is very admirable. Um, and I'll have more to say like when we go blow by, blow by blow, but Andy, I know you had opinions about uh, Part 6 going in here, yeah, I definitely had a uh, a bias going into reading Part 6, because my first... I mentioned this when we started reading Part 6, but my first read-through 
I was not very impressed, to say the least. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I liked parts of it, but I came out with an overall pretty negative opinion on the whole thing. And it, okay. it doesn't really help that it's sandwiched between Golden Wind and Steel Ball Run, which is, like, almost not <laughs> fair. Especially because both of those parts are, like, your top favorites. Yeah, both like, both Golden Wind and Steel Ball Run are, like, absolutely transcendent pieces of fiction to me. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. obviously, I didn't know that at the time. I didn't know that I was going to like Steel Ball Run that much at the time because I didn't get to it yet. But I, I had such a high coming off of Part 5. And then and rolling then into Part 6, I felt, like, into it. I, it felt like hitting a wall. Like, a real hard wall. You know, because, you know, I'm the last person to say that Part 5 was flawless. It had its problems, which we've well yeah. documented. But yeah, it still felt like it had such a, a consistent pacing. And mm-hmm. other than fucking Green Day and Oasis, you know, when there was a kind of less less good arc, it usually was gone as soon as it came. Very quick. Very yeah. quick. It didn't linger on things. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Like we said before, part five, part three, part seven, the the forward thrust that is and it, like the conceit of the entire part really um, brings something to the table that part six doesn't because of the way it's structured. Like that yeah. forward momentum, even divorced from plot, is incredibly powerful storytelling device. Yeah, and, like, when I think about a lot of the stuff in Part 6 that I don't like, it reminds mm-hmm. me of the thing, the same things that I didn't like from Part 4, like like Cheap Trick and Vigma Boy and, um, you know, just, like, and, like, you know, little things like that where... I, well, there's more the exam- weeks that There's more really examples, contribute. but my brain isn't coming up with them right now, but there are. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess, like... Those moments in part four where it felt like it was really dragging, I feel like part six has a lot of that feel, but more. Like, the the majority of the stand of the weeks in part six are more like Enigma Boy or Superfly, where it's just, like, weird. RPS Kid. What's that? RPS Kid. Yeah, RPS Kid, yeah. Uh, a lot of the stand of the weeks in part six are more like those, where... You know, they get in the situation, and it's kind of like a, a puzzle for them to figure their way out of it. And it goes on a little longer than you want it to, which, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Cheap Trick is a great example of that. Because that, uh, <laughs> Cheap Trick is some bullshit because it doesn't really have any sort of twist or surprise. It's like, you're kind of like, okay, he needs to do the thing to get it off of him. And you're just kind of waiting and waiting for it to happen, you know? It's like a bad uh, brain teaser. Like, do you know you know what Towers of Hanoi is? No. Uh, it's like a really annoying, um, like, it's not even a riddle. It's like you have to take blocks from one thing and stack them very particularly on the, in, like, an, another column following weird rules. And, like, you can see the conclusion, but you have to, like go through the motion and that's tiring is that where you're like getting at with cheap trick and stuff like that like yeah you can yeah see that's, the end coming yeah that's exactly what i'm getting at and uh mm-hmm. so i mean a little wordy here but i so basically that's what, what i'm what trying this to is for man yeah that's why this is a podcast but basically what i'm trying to get at is that part six the stand of the weeks are just not very good in my opinion with- Overall, With, I think there's some exceptions there, but I'll there are exceptions. Broadly. But I'm saying, on you know, if you want to broadly. cut the average, 
You want to take the average of yeah, the how I feel about the stand of the weeks. Overall, I don't like them very much. But yeah. at the end of the day, the parts of part six that I do like are really good. So it has kind of the highest highs and the lowest lows of any JoJo part. Which I guess is really the main issue with it is it's very inconsistent. You know, there yeah. really isn't a consistent sense of tone or pacing through the part. So, Imagine, like, you, like you said, Jack, sorry, you, get that, you get that really good start, right? Like you were yeah. saying, it's got a mm-hmm. really strong start. And then it just, as soon as, like, Jotaro gets his brain stolen and Jolene starts, you know, living in the prison, just hits the fucking brakes. It's like Real going quick. from fifth gear and you go into reverse gear. Yeah. <laughs> and your engine falls out. Yeah, as soon as guess happens, you're like, hmm, is this the gimmick? Is this is this going to be the gimmick? These, like, crazy people in this prison have these really weird, highly specific stands that uh, Jolene was, needs to unfuck her way out of, like... Was Guess a uh, debt collector? No, that was Marilyn Manson. Guess was the, the one that made her small with the rat costume. Oh, oh, okay. But, yeah, uh, I... Okay, yeah. alright. There's, there's stuff to talk about in there. Um, yeah, anything so that's else, ma- like, broadly? Well, alright, so broadly, I, I want to say, overall, I liked it more this read than I did my first read, for sure. Cool. And that I think the, the strongest aspect of this part is its main cast, and I think mm-hmm. for the most part, Araki did bot right by them, other than Ermi's... But I guess yeah. I can talk about that more later. We'll get into that. But I think this probably um, has one of the strongest main casts in all of JoJo. And Jolene is arguably maybe my favorite main main protagonist. Arguably. I change my mind on this every fucking five seconds. Yeah, she's, she's really good. But she's good. really good. I'd have a hard time choosing, like, a worst, like, main cast member. Like, a main JoJo. Yeah, and I, I guess I could say more on that is that... I think that they're one of the strongest main casts, but, you know, I think they probably could have used some more fleshing out, particularly, like I said, Ermi's and Anasui. I so wish that Anasui and uh, Weather had been introduced a little earlier. Like, we had gotten them before... Uh, we'd gotten Weather before, like, Savage Garden, Rainfall Warning, and we had gotten Anasui before... Um, he really came in for Punishment Ward, right? That's when yeah. he, like, Well, that's when Foo Fighters, like, got him on the team, basically. Right, right, right. When she pulled him in, it's like, he did did his incel bit with Jolene. And I, um, I kind of feel like his character never really grew once... They, they like, really tried to shoehorn in that growth at the very end. It's like, oh, his I, dark soul is work. filled with light. Yeah, exactly. And, like, mm. so I don't really think Ermi's needed to be fleshed out more. I think I just wanted to see more of her. But Anasui definitely feels like... He feels like the Avdol of the group. Like, yeah. he's there, and I like him, but I don't really have a reason to, like, hold on to him. Because it's like, you yeah. know, going back to part three, I never had a problem with Avdol. I thought he was funny and fun to have around, but he's not really yeah. a character. He doesn't really... His big moment is both the times that he dies. Like, Yeah, well, he did piss in that one guy's snorkel, and that was very That funny. was his best moment, but Polnareff kind of stole his thunder with that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, so 
that that's and and the ending I have so many thoughts about. I don't really know if I like it or not, but we're gonna break it down and I'm gonna figure it yeah. out. I'm gonna figure yeah, we'll it out by there. the end of this discussion whether or not I like it. So okay, so Jack, with the, with how, the, uh... how do you want to break this down? Do you want to like pull up some of the the chapter lists and we can just pick arcs I'm, and yeah, I'm looking at the chapter list right now. Yeah, um, and we can go. We can just like go in chunks, like. Right from the start, like, Stone Ocean Parts 1 through 3, Jolene Cujo Parts 1 through 3, like, introduction into Jolene as a character, like, what she's about, uh, and her immediate motivations. Yeah. Um, I think, like, the strongest JoJo character intro, like, Oh, yeah, parts. for sure. Because most like, of the time, when a JoJo gets introduced, you don't really know what they're all about, especially with Jorno and Jotaro, like... Their, yeah, their openers tell you fucking jack shit. Uh, they play very close to the chest. Josuke's opening was really strong, but uh, yeah, with his grandfather, like that was that was yeah. Good. You kind of get you get to know Josuke really quick with like the turtle thing and the kids beating him up and the hair thing and Jotaro being really confused by him. Like they really managed to get all the gears moving in that pretty quickly, and I think it's the mm. same thing here. So like immediate things you know about Jolene is that she's kind of dumb, she, but she's quick-witted and she uh, does not appreciate Jotaro. Like, yeah. very quickly you understand that. She's got a fire inside. Yeah. Like, really determined. Like, she's one not of the dumb. most determined. She's not the dumb in the sense that she can't, like, tie her shoes. She's dumb in the sense that she reckless. she's very reckless and, and she's quick to act. And, uh, you know, which all can be seen as a positive in another another view. I mean, yeah, not that it, I'm talking uh, positive or negatives here, just aspects of her character. Yeah, just talking about it. Um, yeah, and, and then I'm flipping through, uh, like, Goo Goo Doll, Stone Free 1 and 2. When we, I think Stone Free is also a very strong main character design stand. Like, the, yes. most of the designs from Part 6 I like a lot. I'm I a think, little bit more mixed on them. I, I think there's too many generic humanoid uh, guys. Yeah, uh, I thought yeah. it was a nice balance of humanoids with, like, weird body horror uh, bits, but well, it almost just maybe when bit, we go through, in, it Through out. my eyes, a lot of them just felt like the same guy in different suits of armor. <laughs> like, <laughs> What if there's just one stand changing really fast? <laughs> um, but I guess it's also worth noting how good the intro is at reintroducing Jotaro to the story. Like, bringing him back really quick, we, we know what happened since part four with Jolene, and we know, and we know we see Star Platinum again, and it all kind of gets brought back into the fold really quick just to have him ripped away from us. So, like, there's yeah, that. Yeah, the visitor, like, the visitor arc is extremely strong again, even if it gets a little bit confusing with um, what White Snake does. Right. Yeah, White Snake. I feel like White Snake needs his whole own discussion here about what the fuck's going on with White Snake. Cause this he, is another. This is something a, you see happen. Like uh, a stand has an ability that is like introduced very early on, and it kind of evolves from that, and it's not really remarked upon again, which is fine. You know, it's um, fine. I just find that White Snake is like the biggest uh, example of that happening. Like, yeah. you know, people love to talk about uh, time speeding up and, with with Giorno and all that. And, like, that gets dropped so quick. And that's really the only instance of that with Gold Experience. But uh, mm -hmm. but Whitesnake gets a new power, like, 
every five fucking minutes. That illusion power, like, is so plot convenient. Yeah. Like, if Whitesnake just had the disc thing and was a remote stand, great. But yeah. then we lose the visitor, which is based on this whole, like, dreamscape thing happening. Mm-hmm. Um, which I feel is really cool. Yeah, and, no, it wor- it worked for what it was going for. And I think that's a, one of the best things about way Jitero is handled in this part, is since he gets introduced and then ripped away from us so quick, you kind of mm-hmm. share in Jolene's motivation. Like, Jolene wants to help get him back, and we are very excited for him to come back, too. So you kind of get... As that's a, reader, a good plot driver. You get brought along through it with her. It's just... takes too long. <laughs> it takes way too yeah. fucking long. Um, let's talk about the villains of the different parts. Well, the, like the, the antagonist stand users, yeah. um, guess whatever she's introduced. So Jolene can have like stand growth and figure out like what her stand is, uh, leading into the visitor where she really takes advantage of it and absolutely like demolishes, uh, Manhattan transfers user. Oh, John Gallier. There it is. Right. Um, which is, uh, that's a cool stand. Manhattan transfer, this weird floating orb satellite that can direct wind currents. That's mm-hmm. that's good. That's yeah. good stuff. Uh, John Golly A, whatever. He's fine. Um, but the visitor really worked for me as an arc. Um, and then we get into Aramis's sticker. <laughs> Part Yeah. <one>. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Aramis... All right, I guess we'll talk about Aramis. Let's, t- she, let's talk she about Aramis. She is wanna, my favorite character in the part. And she is so underserved by this story. Like, so unbelievably underserved. Mainly just because she gets written out for, like, 50% of it. Yeah, we'll see exactly how many, but it... I, I think she's cool. The fact that she get she gets a stand accidentally because she stole the locket from Jolene mm-hmm. is really cool. Um, her stand power is interesting. Like, you could say it's kind of a ripoff of... It's like a worse crazy diamond, but yeah. the way it's used is uh, more... It's more than that. There's a lot... Yeah. There's more happening with Kiss. Kiss is a neat so, design. W- w- what? Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying Kiss was a neat design. Yes, Kiss is a really neat design. Probably one of the more interesting designs of the main of the main cast. But we'll get more into what happens while she's written off uh, later on because that chunk of the story, I mean, maybe not coincidentally, is the part of the story that I actively can't stand. Partly because Hermes is gone, and partly because she's missing during all of the worst stand fights. <laughs> Yeah, um... But... Also, Thunder McQueen. Yeah, we gotta talk about Thunder great. McQueen, right? <laughs> yeah, it's... Regrettable. And yeah. we can leave it at that. It is but it very also, regrettable. also introduces Emporio. Um, Emporio is a real interesting addition to the cast. I mean, he's the smoky. He's the, he's the, like, the straight man to, like, all this bullshit happening. Yeah, who also but, is capable of a lot of bullshit. Yeah, he's kind of like Smokey. I mean, honestly, I'd say he's more like Koichi, really. Maybe not more, as like actively involved in the plot as Koichi is, but the fact that he like comes out of his shell a little bit. And, yeah, he has uh, growth. He has growth. He, he has growth, but he's also... 
but he's also kind of more like Speedwagon. <laughs> like, he's a combination of all of those like uh, main characters' best friend archetypes that we see. Yeah, like he's the Koichi, um, he's the Smokey, he's the he's the the girl from Part Three. Um, <laughs> and and uh, that's it. Thanks. <laughs> and um, the the one to remark upon the fight. And to do interesting things with uh, burning down the house, and he just—he really falls uh, into that com- that speed yeah. wagon role at the end. He he just turns into a walking exposition mis- machine. Mm-hmm. And Araki revisits the, like the concept of burning down the house in the uh, under execution under jailbreak whole bit, like the concept of ghost objects still existing, like the mm-hmm. ghost of a book, which is conceptually cool um yeah Emery the sticker thunder mcqueen's regrettable uh and then you get into there are six of us another like really strong arc like getting trying to get into the uh the barn where the tractor is kept this with all of these like battle royale collars still strong what do you think i liked it this is where we get our introduction to food fighters too which is really cool I, I think Foo Fighters is great because Foo Fighters is kind of a rare example of the trope in JoJo. Where, well, maybe not maybe not as rare. In, it kind of happened in Part 3 with Polnareff and Kakyoin. But it hasn't happened for a while where like one of the antagonists gets like the shit kicked out of him. And then it's like, alright, I'm your friend now. I, I'm i oh, always yeah. a sucker for that trope. And I think it was a really good introduction to Foo Fighters. and trying to Because it, it, Foo Fighters is such a weird concept a stand made up of a bunch of plankton that can assume the role as a person by stealing your skin and how Fighters just gets brought into the group and they don't really bring up the fact that she's plankton, <laughs> not a person also wearing the skin of a, a woman that Foo Fighters murdered. Yeah. They never talk about how many people Foo Fighters killed, but that was like before it, it knew the concept of friendship, so it kind of just swept under the rug. It's like, ah, it's fine. We've all murdered a little bit. I, yeah. I, like, Jolene ran over a corpse, technically. It's fine. It's fine. Whatever. She accidentally carjacked that guy. Um, yeah, Foo Fighters, strong addition to the team. The Foo Fighters fight is really cool in the swamp. The, the way that Foo Fighters, uh, like, utilizes water, it's always there. Like, Every fight Foo Fighters is in, like, water is important. Yeah. Um, and, like, tactical. Uh, you're just flipping through it, like, ah. All the goop. So much goop. Oh, yeah, so much goop. Uh, it's a lot of Kiss being kind of useless, unfortunately. <laughs> Kiss not doing a whole lot. Kiss yeah. worked on a corpse. Then they get the stand disc. And then things kind of... Well, we get we get dip. Marilyn Manson, which is which was fun. At least I think so. Let me go back through Marilyn Manson real quick. Just like okay, uh, yeah, yeah. I I always get Marilyn Manson more con- like kind of conflated with uh, Jailhouse Lock in my head, even <laughs> though it, they take place almost a hundred chapters apart. Um, but yeah, this this fight fight just outside throwing a ball. Uh, yep transitioning into like this whole knockdown drag out thing in the prison like just throwing a ball to each other from cell to cell cool 
All like great concept, good execution. We also get to see like Poochie kind of at work behind the scenes, giving uh, Marilyn Manson's user the stand disc. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Where it was yeah. like slowly building towards learning more about him because he's kind of like a a background presence at this point. Mm-hmm. The, the early uh, early Poochie being menacing, I think, worked the best. Um, in terms of like build up to him being a villain, like there's a point where he's kind of he's never not threatening, yeah. but he's kind of like a ponce in the, in the middle. He's just like the over like, like soliloquies he gives. Like, uh, okay, buddy, okay, we yeah, see what you're doing. It's a there. little much, and then we kind of go barreling right into uh, Operation Savage Garden, which. I like Weather Report. I like that we get to meet him, but this Jumping is just... Jumping Jack Flash, n- not not the best. No, it, it's kind of a nothing fight. It's basically just mostly Jolene Weather Report just trying to survive being in the same room as him, and it kind of goes nowhere. I mean, I generally find the kind of stand fights where it's more about trying to just get to the user rather than like an actual like contest uh, less interesting to me. How Aww. many times has this sentence been said in JoJo? We have to find the user. Right. You know, it makes me think about fucking talking head, man. Like, we gotta I get hate... to the user. We can't fight this stand one-on-one. We gotta <laughs> get to the user. Like, I talk a lot of shit about Green Day and Oasis, but maybe talking head was actually my least favorite part of part five. Talking head and Crash is more forgettable than, uh... Yeah. It also had a couple cool visuals in terms of, like, the shark. Right. Um, same but it's with generally... this. Yeah, like the, this like isn't the space all bad. suits. Yeah, the space yeah. suits are cool. All the stuff the piss, that so Weather much. Report does is is cool, and that's kind of what saves it. But it's really kind of nothing—a whole bunch yeah. of nothing. But then we They're get heavy in rainfall. This big room for so long. Yeah, but uh, heavy rainfall warning. Get some Dio and Poochie backstory, which is always cool. So I guess yeah. this is a good time to talk about Dio's involvement in Part Six. I know I I've facetiously been joking a bunch about Dio, but like actually what do you think about his including in like being involved in the plot of this in his own weird way i think it fleshes out his character more um constructively because we didn't really know much about him what he was doing in part three it kind of just carried over like his general like villain villainy from like phantom blood yeah. Didn't add too many dimensions to that, but with this backstory with Poochie and like his kind of like retconned in grand plan, um, adds more to Dio's character than it takes away. Yeah, and you know I've said in the past that I'm really fine with the Rocky like doing these ass pole retcons because it usually it's usually always in service of the story at hand and not just trying to like flesh out nonsense lore. So, like, this whole, like, Dio wanting to go to heaven thing, if that's the story that he wanted to tell, then fine. I'll buy it. Uh, yeah. It's... Yeah. It kind of... It fits with Dio's whole shtick about transcending, like, everything and being, like, the one thing in the world. Like, even in part three, he was... He wanted Dio's world. He wanted yeah. to be the only one in it. And I think getting to heaven is a good distillation of that idea that's like, I am one, I am everything. That, which is what the heaven 
that is attained is like and it, and you are the gives, god of the new world yeah and it kind of gives you an insight into like if rocky would have would be writing dio's character now versus back in the 80s like mm-hmm. how different it would have been because it's it's really weird at first to see uh all caps dio opening it up to pucci the way he does because when you think back to part three like dio he was a dio. fucking maniac he, he yeah a total sociopath but dio as we see him here which is sometime before stardust crusaders happens mm-hmm. he's uh he's a little weird he's very much more of like open he's very open and more willing to like discuss his feelings and his weaknesses with this other man like i mean hang on the times that we saw dio when he wasn't actively fighting a joe star he was pretty quiet but he was quiet but mostly just extremely buying his time i think he was also pranking whole horse yeah i think back to how he fucked with the whole horse and uh the scenes with the enya and uh you don't really see a whole lot of them vanilla ice you kind of get his interaction with vanilla ice sort of lays some sort of groundwork for like him and Poochie. Like if if you kind of think about like what they're I I I get the same kind of feeling. I also don't think Dio has the world yet at this point in the timeline, so if that's the case then that almost even like more yeah, so Yeah, he didn't get hit by the arrow yet. Yeah, that even more so changes his kind of outlook on things cuz you know Part, at the end of part one, the end of part one, like, really humbled him. And then he had to sit in that, uh, sit in that casket for a hundred years. So whenever he popped out, whenever he popped out of that thing, because part three shows you the point where he gets dug out of the water, but you don't really know how long from then to when Joseph goes to find Jotaro. Because Joseph's just like, oh, all of a sudden I have a stand and it's because of Dio. Yeah, that period of time, and leave blank spaces, right? Like, Rocky, purposefully or not, left that blank space, and then he filled it in later, and it was pretty interesting, and built out his world more. Yeah, and I, I think it works, if you don't just sit there and wonder, like, okay, why didn't any of this come up in part three? But I, I think that's kind of Whatever. missing the point. Yeah, it was a like different that. time. Yeah, this This style of storytelling was not popular in 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 that time i want to say i could be completely wrong and people would be like what about this this and this and be like well you got me there well yeah um but in terms of what was popular like that was not how a shonen was structured yep and 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 part six is really teetering on the edge between shonen insane and like hardcore that that and then you just had it tip like the end of part six is when it just like tips over everything floods and it's like we're going monthly yeah so not i know not until like a few chapters of steel bar run but still yeah so i don't want to dwell too much on the whole all the whole go go to heaven things it's really just a plot device more than anything yeah and i i liked dio's inclusion in this i think it works i think his relationship with poochie was good and the way it informs D- poochie's character is good although I guess, like, talking about Poochie, maybe it would have been better if maybe it was less just like, oh, I love Dio Brando and I want to fulfill his wishes. 
and kind of be more of his own person because you kind of get some of his actual personality in the flashback chapters to him just mm-hmm. being a big fucking weirdo. But, uh, you know, Ascended Poochie, he's basically just Dio 2.0 in a well, lot of ways. he got taken in by Dio's charisma, like, big time and did yeah. form, like, an honest relationship with him. Um, and it's hard to say, like, how much of what Poochie did in the end was like Poochie's nature and how much of it was informed by Dio like that that's another interesting thing because it's not clear cut it's like how much villain was there in Poochie because the boss is like a complete like 100% villain like irredeemable like same with Kira uh same with part three Dio and it's like we didn't really have a villain that was like kind of going He's not going back and forth because everything he does is pretty villainous, but he's more in-depth than prior villains. Um, And you see that going into part seven with Funny Valentine, who is, like, qualifies as a villain in terms of, uh, like... Ideology, basically. What he's doing to serve the story. Like, he is the antagonist to Johnny and Gyro, but, like... They're the antagonists of his story. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know, though, because, like, I agree that Poochie has a bit more going on than Kira did, but there's just there's just something about Kira that makes him the most, in, in my opinion, the most engaging JoJo yeah. villain overall. The, yeah, I think there's... it's more what he represents than what he actually is. The whole concept of him and the concept of Part 4 in general just work together so well that it's kind of hard to... You can't really separate the two. Like, I can't no, say that Kira, Kira worked as a villain in literally any other part because he is he is the antagonist to Moiro and not just Josuke. Like, everybody. Yes. And that, that makes him kind of unique in that sense. That full terror. Like, that... And the fact that he's a serial killer in a small town, that's a very powerful plot device that yeah. countless stories have been written about. And again, serves to make part four very strong. Mm-hmm. Poochie doesn't have any of that going for him, but he still manages to be like a more interesting villain than uh, a few that we've had before. Right. And I guess I'm just trying to break down why Poochie never resonated with me so much. And I guess kind of still doesn't. I, I, I get, I just see him as more of a means to an end than a character. Okay. In my, in my opinion, I, I just sure. can't think of anything that really resonated with me a lot. I liked where his his like mission went i liked how it progressed but did it really have to do with poochie or could it have been fucking anybody they could have resurrected dio that's and the did thing. the same thing i guess that's the point i'm trying Hard to make to about say. him kind of yeah. feeling like dio 2.0 because like if you took poochie out and put another random iraqi character generator machine uh would it have made a difference Poochie does, I think Poochie has enough unique quirks and traits that he is a character in his own right. Like, because you get into his mind a lot, like, there's more than a few chapters from his point of view. Um, Like, his weird quirks, his his different thoughts, like, I think there's enough there for him to stand alone. But, there there is that discussion. Right, and it's, you know, there's the other thing that, you know, he exists to serve like Dio's purpose, but they all, and in the narrative sense, he serves Dio's purpose, and he also exists to serve Weather Report's character. 
But I guess yeah. who, 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 who's who's the the top in that situation? I guess like is yeah. Weather Report there to serve Poochie's character, or is Poochie there to serve Weather Report's character? I think those two go together pretty well. Um, yeah. The whole them being brothers that that doesn't really matter a whole lot. That whole chapter where their backstory is dropped in, we'll get we'll get there in a second. But like. Uh, let, let's go yeah. through these arcs real quick, because okay. we we just hit where I think it starts to go downhill. Mm-hmm. Um, Kiss of Love and Revenge, I think, is really funny. I don't know if it's a good arc or not. I think well, Sports Max. myself. Oh, Sports Max. You know, Sports Max. I like sport. I like this arc a lot because it, it it's like one of the it's like Ormians' best moment. In fact, it's probably the last. Like, it's her time to shine, and I thought the resolution of her mini arc with uh, with her sister and Sports Max and that whole thing. I, I thought that was pretty satisfying. Yeah, I, and I like the the, the whole send-up of George Romero stuff. It's like, oh, yeah. you, you made invisible zombies. They're in the fucking graveyard of the prison. All right, I see what you wanted to do, and I like it. It's all kind of feels like uh, Jay Guile and Polnareff. Like, kind of similar to that. Yeah, that's like... exactly what they're going for here. Um, and this works. I think Kiss of Love and Revenge is the last part that I like for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> Cause... exactly. Because then we go straight to the Punishment Ward, and you've heard us yell about this for months now. But the you can disagree ward with us. It's fine. fucking sucks. It's Cause... horrible. <laughs> the... These were the arcs that really, like, dragged. There's cool panels in here there's a couple good page spreads but uh guard westwood secret is planet waves is not an interesting thing to fight no like again it's a puzzle trying to take out the user and avoid the effects of the stand and this is Um, also where we get anasui's introduction and i I don't think he has the strongest start (laughs) not the best but in terms of like all right cool he's introduced to the story Good. Right, good, good, good. and I, I just, I just wish he had a better stand, Jack. I, 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 I will go to bat for Diver Down. This we'll disagree on because I think down Diver Down is a plot contrivance in a stand. Diver, Diver Down can do a lot, and it did a lot. Um, it just, it's not a flashy stand. That, that's its whole problem. It's not flashy. It well, does a lot of sound shallow. Things. It's not about whether it's flashy or not. I don't think so. At least I just think it was not super interesting to read about and i thought it was design was kind of boring we're just gonna have to disagree on that one that's All fine right. um dragon's dream i wish dragon's dream had a different user that wasn't uh kaizo kenzo whatever kenzo yeah yeah because i think dragon's dream as a concept for a stand is really cool and another example of like a weird off the wall high concept stand that comes back in like part seven. This is the idea of Fang Shui. Like, yeah, I I enjoyed dr- the dragon. Kenzo sucks, and yeah. everything he says sucks. Yeah, and you know that's why I kind of go back and forth on whether uh, whether Guard Westwood or Dragon's Dream is the worst stand fight in all of. I was gonna six. go with Yo Yo Ma. <laughs> really? Okay. Yeah, I. I hate Yo-Yo Ma. I hate the design of Yo-Yo Ma. I hate the way that it starts where you're really confused. 
Like, right. The whole green baby thing feels like a huge ass pull at the start. Like it doesn't. It gets there. It gets yeah. there. Yeah. The the green baby becomes like more interesting, especially with the. Um, is it awaken? I think the part where the whole Xenos paradox where they're small. That's a fun fight. Yeah. Um. But Yo Yo Ma, I hate D and G. I think it's a he's a stupid design. Uh, Yo Yo Ma, hate. I don't. I don't like autonomous stands, and the only thing I like about that part is that Anasui replaced his brain with a frog, and that's what he deserved. <laughs> yeah, autonomous then, stands do suck, huh? I'm gonna start complaining about cheap trick again. Like <laughs> when you don't have a user to fight, it limits the options for what you can. Notorious Big is the only exception to that. Because that didn't. Ha- that was fine. That, yeah. Because that was a whole thing unto itself. Like, because you have a fight on a plane, and that adds a whole other dimension to a fight. You start fighting on a plane, forget about it. Right, because um, the green baby had its own fucking stand, which is even more confusing. <laughs> yeah, that was. Was that Awaken? Yeah, that was Awaken, is what yeah. that's. Um, and I, li- I like this fight. And I think the green baby has a neat looking stand. Um, this weird jet engine thing again i see what you mean like it's another humanoid thing with a weird head yeah uh but then it's pursuer which leads us uh time for heaven and new moon great uh poochie chapters uh jailhouse lock is a great send-off to the prison like jailhouse lock takes the whole prison setting and makes it worthwhile because i don't think this would work um, and anything else that isn't like, okay, Jolene is trapped in this place, but she also has a daily routine, and she's talking to people in the prison, but that feeds into the stand itself. I yeah. think it's, I think that part's cool. Yeah, Jailhouse Lock, in retrospect, was really good. I think I was really burnt out of reading you, this at the time, and yeah, I was you, being a little hard on it, but what was the stand user's name? Um, oh, it was really dumb. Oh, yeah, it shit. was really dumb. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, shit, hang on. Oh, <laughs> Musha Mueller. Yeah, Musha Mueller. Mew, I Mew. really liked her, and the whole thing, the whole memory gimmick, it was really entertaining, because it was just like, it really played into, like, Jolene as kind of like a fucking Looney Tunes character. Like, yeah, like, all the little funny bits in there, like... Yeah. Um, her watching was, was she watching Sixth Sense on repeat? Was that yeah. what was going? On? Yeah, that was that part. And Emporio um, shocking himself over and over yes. again. <laughs> it's like, oh, I gotta talk to Jolene. Oh, I gotta get to my computer. Oh, there's water in the ground. Zap. Yeah. And then everything's great, except yeah. for Sky High, because Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody. Right. We've waxed poetic about. Bohemian yeah, Rhapsody. I mean, at this point, I think you guys all know that Bohemian Rhapsody is my favorite arc in all of Part Six. It is just, it is just peak, peak I, JoJo, man. It's, it's just. I think it's been a while. Romeo is my sing, like if I had to pick one single chapter, is my favorite chapter. Is what? It is my favorite chapter in this? Like, it, oh, it's been a while, Romeo. Yeah, they steal a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> 
and they rip a man's tongue. Well, they duplicate his tongue with kiss, and then Jolene's like, oh, maybe he's not a bad guy. But I'll take the sticker off anyway. And we don't see what happens to Romeo, but I imagine his tongue just explodes. And like that's like the the most cruel Jolene ever gets. Like, you know, she killed her lawyer. Oh, she, she didn't kill the lawyer, right? But yeah, she strangled that elf man. Like he's and dead. It's just interesting that it seems like she did believe him when he said that he it was all misunderstanding, but she still still felt like she needed to hurt him in some way. <laughs> You're a better person than I thought, but I think I'll take the sticker off anyway, just in case. <laughs> yep. Perfect. Yeah, that excellent. And then it introduced uh, the three terrible sons. Raikiel is the worst one. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody and Underworld. Underworld surprised me with how much I liked it because I thought it was going to be drudgery in the like yeah. uh, lead up to weather to heavy weather, but great. I, I guess I'm not a fan of the Sons of Dio situation as a concept in this. I no. think I think no, he didn't need to do that, especially since he already did that with Giorno, and then these jobbers are supposed to be on Giorno's level, and it's like. Uh, this served um one to confuse the weird joestar radar that was going on it's like oh i sense the priest no it's this guy oh i sense the priest uh no it's this guy um yeah and also that's how birthmarks work apparently (laughs) and to tie in the the whole gravity situation that was going on like sand users are attracted to one another and it's like oh okay all right um but all in all, two out of three ain't bad. And then heavy weather happens, and this is this is part six Requiem. <laughs> and, yeah. But it happens twice. <laughs> like, part six has two Requiems, and it's incredible. Like, heavy weather beginning to end, I think, is... There's some slow parts in there. A lot of, like, I'm turning into a snail. I'm turning into a snail. But... By and large, cool. Um, any thoughts? Yeah, I, I mean, I like it. You pretty much hit the nail on the head. Okay. It was it was good. Uh, all the backstory stuff was definitely something. <laughs> yeah, there was some. It may it gave more connective tissue. It's fine. It's fine. yeah, it's fine. But all the snail stuff is is wacky as fuck. I mean, it's uh, yeah, kind of much more to say really. Yeah, it's a the last few bits of like levity before we hit like straight heaven or hell. Cuz then I mean, we can talk about this cuz we just talked about it talk about it more cuz we talked about it last week, but Sea Moon was a great like little arc or whatever. What like part of a larger arc cuz Made in Heaven and Sea Moon like talk about a 17 part arc. You start you add in gravity of the new moon you're talking about a 20 chapter like sprint and i think it pulled it off because now now we're firmly into talking about the ending right let's go so yes huh where to even start (laughs) all right so let's start with the lead-in because we had the sea moon fight Sea Moon is a stand that I like that didn't, um, it wasn't around a long time, but it had good impact because its power was simple, but devastating. Yeah, Sea Moon, 
you know, I Sea Moon is pretty forgettable if you ask me. That whole that whole bit I didn't really remember too much about about Sea Moon. Oh, you didn't remember all the hands turning inside out? No, not not until it happened. Not until we read it. <laughs> um, Ugh, God, that was so gross, dude. That was yeah, so was, was gross. Awesome. But yeah, Rocky I'm honestly trying there. to think about how to talk about the ending. This isn't Shonen Jump. Yeah. Think about think about reading Made in Heaven in Shonen Jump. I don't know how he got away with it. I mean, I know he had a lot of editorial problems with, with Stone Ocean, but I still don't know how this got published, man. Yeah, shit's, I don't know how much weird. of that is hearsay, like what actually yeah. happened, but um, once Made in Heaven the Stand shows up and uh, Poochie fully ascends, like you're in a whole nother ball game as far as manga. Um, Jotaro is here, like everything is different. Poochie is practically invincible. And Jotaro's time stop doesn't work anymore. All of the bits in here that are showing what's happening in the world are very important. Like, looking yes. back, like, they give a sense of scale and consequence that you don't get in, like, the earlier end parts of JoJo. Like, part five, nothing else was really going on outside of Rome, right? I mean, you get, yeah, well, you get some of that with, uh, Silver Chair Requiem. The, showing the townspeople being affected by Green Day and Silver yeah. Chariot Requiem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some of that, but not at this level. No, not this is the like whole showing, world. Yeah, showing everything that's happening. It's a whole lot. And uh, Made in Heaven as a stand is an interesting design, to say the least. It, it works. Like, it doesn't... Like, I look at that and... It's abstract and weird, and it fits with what what a wonderful world. Like, what this last bit of, like, what was thought to be the end of JoJo is. Yeah. It, it fits in. And it was uh, nice having Jotaro back to see him back in action. Like, you know, we got a lot of callbacks, like the knife, the knife thing. Mm-hmm. And we saw a lot of time stops, and Jotaro generally doing what he does best. But yeah, I but guess, it's not working too well. Yeah, I guess this is where we're kind of burying the lead here. I'm going to talk about how everybody dies. Yeah, I'm, I'm getting to, uh, like, they're trying to, like, get the priest to stay still. They thought it was a good idea to go out into the ocean. Um, and it was. And then Anasui bites it to give them the chance. Yep. And then they, the re- like, Jotaro and Aramis eat it. Like, that's it. Yep. They they both get hit, like, uh, Aramis' arms, like, she gets abdulled, right? Yeah, she gets abdulled, and uh, Jitter gets his face split in half, and just in case you thought that there was going to be some fuckery where they weren't dead, Araki shows their rotting bodies as yeah, the time okay. is being Here's sped the up. Yeah, their yeah, bodies yeah. are rotting away. And that panel of Jitter getting his face split in half is extremely iconic. It's a, it's it's a it sure is a thing that Iraqi drew. Uh, in case you thought that this wasn't gonna be him uh, burning the house down, uh. yeah, setting fire <laughs> to the bridge behind him. Cause yeah, I'm, I'm on the page like where this attack happens, and like Anasui's dead, Jolene and Emporio still in the water. Uh, 
Aramis is trying to do something, and then Pucci just dives down super speed, cuts both of Aramis's arms off, and in the same movement, slices Jorts's head right down the middle. Yep, and there's uh, no coming back from that shit. And I guess it's like, also a good time to kind of talk about, like, kind of gets look back on Jojo's involvement in the expanded story of Jojo, because, like, obviously he was the main character of Part 3, and we've talked about how good he was in Part 4 as a secondary protagonist. But then Yeah, it, like, he's not that here. No. He's... I... What, what is he? Because, like, he... He shows up during, like, some of the best parts of Stone Ocean. Like, the strong beginning and the strong end are strong not because of Jotaro, but they're helped to be strong because of him. Yeah, and like, no, that, like we that said... Came, they, they're helped a, by him, not because... Yeah. yeah. Well, he's also kind of part of the motivation for the story to move forward. Because we get yeah, to, we have all these is, moments... Where they're like, we gotta get the disc back. We gotta get the disc back. That's gotta like, revive my father. Gotta get Jotaro's my father back. disc was the MacGuffin through like ninety percent of this story. So getting him back was really satisfying, and also the fact that you know having Jotaro in part heavily in part four, right after being the main character of part three, mm-hmm. it was good that he took a break for part five. If he was involved in part five, would have been too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too muchy. We got an we got a nice part five Jotaro design out of it, and then it's fine. Like yeah, part six Jotaro though best Jotaro look. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna say it best I, best Jorts part six Jorts. <laughs> no, I uh, all white Jotaro from part four. Go close to my heart. The yeah. Star Platinum and Jorts's design from part four are the strongest for me. Okay, that's. Like, I there's just, a reason I, really I got like the, those SASs still. I really like the alligator print <laughs> and the... Uh, it's so extra. The it's JoJo going down extra. his sleeves. <laughs> um, but yeah, after... I'm, I'm trying to find the page where we, we just see their corpses. Because Jolene doesn't die immediately. She gets stabbed with a knife. Um, and then... <laughs> right, Emporio is on the dolphin... Because uh, Jolene tied him to it, and then she sacrifices herself, so he has time to get away. Like, and, like sorry, really quick, I just wanted to point yeah. out how, like, mm-hmm. what's crazy about all them dying at the end like this is that mm-hmm. you think, like, someone like Jotaro Kujo, like, mm-hmm. arguably the most iconic character in his series, like, any other lesser writer would have had, like, a, like a five-page-long death scene for him. Oh yeah, like, it happens so quick. It's just gone. Here Igor Rocky, he gets hit, dead. The most iconic character he ever created. No goodbyes. Dead he doesn't tell second. his daughter that he loves her. Like they don't get any kind of satisfying. There is no closure, no. which I think is a big point of contention for this ending. There really yeah. isn't a lot of closure for anything and that happens. I can Not see why that would make characters. people mad. Yeah, it certainly made me mad the first time. I read through it. I, I felt like there wasn't any closure in that. That kind of, like, upset me a bit. But I'm still not sure how I feel about it this time, but we can talk about that at the very end. So let, let's uh, let's finish going. Yeah, let's get into it. Like, Jolene sacrifices herself to uh, hold off Poochie long enough for the first universe reset to happen. And the visuals on this, I think, are amazing. Like, the Earth actually just resets itself. Yep. 
all the um, different animals and uh, swirling around in Porio, going into the light, doing this whole like big bang thing, and then just waking up in Stone Stone Ocean or Green Green Dolphin Street Prison. Um, very confused, and then off model Jolene and Jorts, and you're like, what is happening? What? Who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> like, God, I I hate New Jorts, New Jolene. They look so weird and bad. Did you notice that instead of a butterfly, she has a bee on her arm? Like, Araki paid attention to details, and I like it. Honestly, no, I didn't notice. That's, it, that's really... Oh, my God, I didn't notice this. Yeah. Because uh, I thought they were just off-model because he drew them weird. They're, like, actually supposed to be a little off-model here. Yeah, look at, like, Jolene has four hair buns, her coat is different, like, her pants are different. Um, I, Jorts's, new Jorts face is gonna haunt me. Cause yeah, the bees. I guess my brain just, like, auto-corrected it. <laughs> yeah, instead of a normal. heart, she has a spade. Like, yeah. it's a weird left turn. Poochie just shows up again, bleeding. Um, oh, man. Because the whole thing is, like, if you die before the universe resets, you don't come back. Mm-hmm. Like, because everyone else in the prison, like, is still fine. Like, they're they're cool. Like, And then we get this big splash page explaining everything. Yeah. Which, uh, this is another kind of, like, iconic, uh, like, visual from part six. And it doesn't really help very much. No, the way I understood it, like... Poochie wanted to reset the universe basically twice, so people would always have an idea of where, um, what was going to happen to them so they could avoid the worst outcome. And Very bizarre motivation. Sure. <laughs> uh, so they would live in this heaven that they created where nothing bad would happen. Fine. Whatever. We won't dwell on it. Um, and Emporio ends that before the universe can reset again because he kills Poochie in a very brutal way. It's also really interesting, like, who who expected Emporio to be the one to have the final, final yeah. battle? Yeah. No one. Like, no, taking uh, heavy weather and just fucking up Poochie? Like, that's a, that comes out of nowhere. Yeah, get uh, Getting the little bit of stand disc from weather was a really cool, like, that was set up and it paid off. And sucking Poochie into the ghost room, having him be like punch the disc into Emporio's head, and then having that last bit of Weather's will activate. This was a satisfying conclusion to this. Like I yeah. I felt this was good closure. And what a wonderful world as a last chapter. Like, not the kind of closure that people wanted, but Emporio is going to live in this world with people that look like his friends, that sort of act like them, but this is not his world. I I wish we kind of knew like what happened to Emporio. I I don't think that's ever going to come up in part eight, but I I felt satisfied with the part six ending. Like yeah, I like I said at the top of the show, it was bold. Nothing like this. I've never read anything like this in terms of, like, this long running of a series just blowing up. Yeah. 
I mean, it's definitely a strong argument. Kind of makes me want to say that I like it, but I'm still not 100% sure. And that's fine. Like, because having, you know, having I do these like the way I like the way the very end of it. I think yes. having it ends on that note was the best part about the ending, and I think it's the best way it could have ended in the direction, go in the direction that it went. I, I think the universe resetting thing is maybe more complicated than it needed to be. And, you know, there's yeah. like a lot of jokes that it's like, oh, you know, you can tell someone doesn't actually know what they're talking about when it's like, oh, Steel Ball Run is in the universe after the reset. And it's like, you know, if you don't know what you're talking about, that seems like the logical place to go with it. Because, okay, new alternate universe, then there's a reboot. It all takes place in that universe, but it doesn't because... Mm-hmm. This is not really an alternate universe. It's the same universe just reset a bunch of times. It's we, really overstuffed. <laughs> didn't is it ever been stated that the Steel Ball Run universe was the one that came after the universe reset? I don't know. But I think it's generally accepted that it is not. That it is sure. a totally different universe. Yeah, that it's not, like, a separate... Because, like, you have all the similarly named people that are fulfilling, like, different roles. You have a John Joe star. You have, like... Because I just think that it's not meant to be connected. It's like... Like, you know, in real life, it was a reboot. In story... In story, they don't know of the previous parts of JoJo, and I don't think they're meant to. I don't think it's supposed to be connected at all. Yeah. That's fine. But... Things don't have to have, like, a tidy ending. Or a tidy no. answer. It's cool I think, to, like, not have that. Yeah. Killing everybody off... At the end of the day, I'm fine with it. Mm-hmm. Because my, my lizard brain wants more closure with Jotaro. Yeah. But that's that's my lizard brain talking, not my uh not my smart person brain talking, because sure. I know that it's better that there wasn't. It's better storytelling, but part of me still wanted a bit more closure with and Jotaro. That's fair. Yeah. You, you want more of the thing you like. Right. That's, and that's especially just human. because I warmed up to Jotaro so hard in part 4, whereas the first time I went through part 3, I like, kind of couldn't stand him. Thought he was extremely <laughs> lame. And then part four, when he basically turned into like a weird uncle, I was like, wait, no, I like this guy now. He <laughs> rules. <laughs> uh, so it was kind of sad the first time when he just gets murked like that, and that's it. He's gone. Mm. But, uh. I think yeah. that, that brings us to the end. Like, I, I wasn't planning to talk about this for over an hour, but here we go. There's part a lot six. to talk about this bit. I mean, we've never spent this much time retrospecting a part before because there's never goes... been this much to talk about, which says something about part six. I don't know what it says, but it says something. It, I, like, you should read part six. No one should skip part six to I go mean, yeah, to part no. seven. Don't skip any parts, ever. No. But part six, I, I feel like a lot of people... Should be read. Yeah. It, but it also shouldn't be read if you didn't read the other parts because I guess that's another thing. Is part six doesn't feel as... Uh, standalone as i guess something no. like part five does it builds five, on the things that have come before which i guess for the purpose iraqi wanted it to play to be like the big ending it kind of had to right yeah there there wasn't really a way to do that so if you haven't i mean i don't know why you would even do this if you haven't read the other parts yet but for whatever reason don't 
I mean, if you really, I mean, I still stand by that part seven is a great place to jump into JoJo if you haven't already. I mm-hmm. don't think there's anything wrong with that. If you are wondering, you know, how to get into it and what you think is the uh, the best thing to read, I'd say still are running because it has no baggage, nothing weird. Just uh, just go right into it. That's fine. But if yeah. you have appreciation for the story that starts in part one. I think this is a good way of ending it. I think that's going to be my final opinion, Jack. I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think I think this at at the end worked out. Yeah. Yeah. Read part six. Form your own opinions. Don't listen to the naysayers. Have fun. Read the comics. Yep. Yeah, just read the fucking comics. It's not going to kill you. Although the punishment ward might kill you. It almost killed me. Again, form your own opinions. It's but, Andy, do you want to send us off this week? Because next week, we will be starting Steel Ball Run and maybe something else. I think it's really weird that we're starting Steel Ball Run, Jack, because I, like, I feel like this is what I've been waiting for. I've yeah, it's like... not going to feel real until like we're doing it and we're reading Jaro and Johnny. Yeah, right? Like It's just such a monolith. SBR like it's like it's gonna feel that way when it's animated one day like it's gonna feel really fake to see animated steel ball run <laughs> I want to see part six animated so bad now I mean me too I think I, I mean I still you know I guess that's one more thing we can talk about before we close this off uh, hopes for the anime uh, I think there's so much potential for David Pro to fix the shit out of this there is so much potential there I I'm going to shy away from saying fix, but right, streamline, well, streamline. Yes. All right, fine. Streamline. Yeah, there's a lot of potential there, I think. I, I think they could. As David Pro has shown that they're entirely capable of doing right by the, uh, the source material. And I really want to see what their part six would look like, because I feel like I would just fall in love with it. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, I still think that, like, overall, the anime has generally been a better experience than reading the manga, personally. From sure. David Pro has just done such good work, taking the already amazing source material and just making it uh, easier to get into, better paced. I mean part three withstanding but that they had different goals with part three yeah but part four and five those animes they really took everything that was great about the parts and, and trimmed the fat and leaned them out and just you get only the hits except for green day and oasis <laughs> always comes back to that but yeah, always comes back to that. we'll see what they do in like two or three years come back to it put a pin in this yeah, but in uh, this, we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, so thank you for joining us, guys. Next week, Steel Ball Run. But yeet. until then, you can find us on Google Play, iTunes, home base on SoundCloud. Hit us up on Twitter, at JoJo underscore cast. Check out the Reddit, where Jack posts the, posts the episodes on Reddit, r slash Crusaders. We're always there. We're always everywhere. And if we aren't somewhere that you want us to be, let us know, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. Thank you, everybody. We will catch you next week. Later, gang. Bye.